0: Seasons ramping up, and we're already looking forward to next season on the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast.
1: That's
0: <laughs> well, not Corey Hillen scoring the crucial try to beat England, and suffering a season-ending injury all at the same time
2: yeah, it was a bit of a bittersweet for me, as see scoring the try and the crowd go absolutely wild and probably the best atmosphere I've ever been involved in in the stadium and a pretty special moment but unfortunately I did my ankle.
0: Where's under-19s filling a gap in the development pathway, according to Ford's coach Chris Horseman.
3: We expose more players but more importantly players are working between the programmes of the 20s and the 18s so in terms of that player development I've joined up thinking it's certainly a good place while the Disability Six Nations continues to make
0: a real impact across Wales.
4: It helps them to empathise, it helps them to have a go at different sports, build confidence, team building skills and communication which is a, a massive aspect of what we try to teach them.
0: Sarah Floyd of Osgold Bay Baglan. more on that later but we'll start by looking forward to next season tickets for the Under Armour Summer Series games against England and Ireland at the Principality Stadium went on sale with a couple of high-profile people there to help. Wales Grand Slam winners Corey Hill and Josh Navidi were there to chat to ticket buyers, help out on the phones and also to discuss their own injury situation. We'll hear from them both first Corey and how the ticket selling was going.
2: Yeah I was on fire you know <laughs> I answered the phone and we had a big group book in, 20 tickets sold uh, one phone call and I'd like to be on commission there because I think Josh answered three phone calls sold three tickets but yeah. um, just in terms of the warrants themselves how big a test will they be for the lads going into the Rugby World Cup That's four massive games you've got Wales-England rivalry and like you see in the Six Nations it's massive probably the biggest game in the calendar year and, and then you've got Ireland who are second in the world recently beat the All Blacks and and yeah they'll probably have a point to prove as well after what we done to them in, in the Six Nations so they'll have the bit between their teeth and um, Yeah and everyone will be preparing and it'll be widening squads in those games I would imagine and everyone's trying to stake a claim for the World Cup spot so it'll be massive competition within the squads and two massive home games and two massive away games. The training camps in the summer and and really looking forward to the games to try and stake your claim for that final uh, 31-man squad. Personal point of view for you, obviously you had a mixed game against England, you scored that memorable try but you came off injured, how frustrating was it for you being a part of that Grand Slam winning squad but missing the last couple of games? It is frustrating as a player, but I think having been part of the Six Nations, I think if I hadn't played any of the games, I probably would have been even more frustrated but having been part of that and got injured in the England game was was probably a bittersweet. It was difficult to watch the Ireland game because I'm I'd probably rather be on the pitch. I'm more nervous watching than, than I am playing, but it was awesome to see the boys do the job that they did. And I spoke to Alan Phillips beforehand, and he was like, we're not going to lose today. The buzz in, coming from the Vale on the bus and into the stadium, and I remember my hairs on the back of my neck standing up, and, yeah, watching the boys start so well, I was thinking, we need a big start, and, and then to see Gareth put the kick over and Hadley to go over early doors, I think it was after two minutes, it was what a great start, and it, and it just led on throughout the game, and the boys were awesome that day. It was, probably one of the best we've played and probably one of the worst island plays. So, so it wasn't a bad day to be a spectator and yeah sitting with at towards the end and not too many nerves but to be part of that Grandstand winning squad was, was great Can I take you back to that moment against England was that where you got injured as well, is that right? Yeah it was unfortunately coming across the pitch massive hole in the England defence and I've just come on a short line there just reacted to what I'd seen really and luckily for me Dan threw a lovely pass to me and, and yeah as it is, his big hole Soon to get um, closed by probably two of the biggest guys on the pitch, and one hit me the one way and one hit me the other way. So, so yeah, it was a bit of a bittersweet for me. I'll see scoring the try and the crowd go absolutely wild, and probably the best atmosphere I've ever been involved in in the stadium, and pretty special moment. But yeah, unfortunately, I am my ankle. So the adrenaline going over I'm sure you didn't feel it when did you realise I realised as soon as I was on the deck I think if you watch a replay back you can see my face it's like Wah! and then realise what what have just happened and we've gone in the lead against England so I've got up and give the crowd a little fist bump and under all the emotions jog back to the halfway line Ross received the kickoff and I went to a ruck and I think Nicky came in and sort of went on my legs. He's like, Nicky, get off me. I was like, Phew. I knew at that stage I was done, you know. So I think it was at the time where Gareth got charged down, Dan picks the ball up and booms it about 70 metres down the field with a spiral and luckily the ball goes out. So, so yeah, I just sat down there and waited for the dog to come on and, yeah, hobbled off, unfortunately. But there we are. It was, it was great to get a win against England. And, and, yeah, I'm sure we'd do it all again. Yeah, you'd swap it at that moment, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, I'm sure we would, yeah, yeah. In terms of what happened then the next few weeks to stay in camp, there's an awful lot going on. Just describe what that was like.
2: Yeah, well I sat down with um, Prava Physio and Paul Stridge and the, the head of um, conditioning, Bobby. And Garton and McBride as well, they said uh, we'd like to stay in camp, so it was great for me. It was the best facilities around and you get fed about 15 times a day and, <laughs> and you get the best rehab and best strength and conditioning around, so so yeah, look, it was a no brainer for me and I was obviously in the callers meeting with, with the lineups as well, so so it was great to still be involved in that and obviously not being fit, being injured, you get a lot more time to do a bit of analysis and, and help the boys prepare and just put your two pence in when it's needed and, and help out as much as possible to try and prepare the boys for the for the weekend. And in terms of the political stuff, the merger talk as Captain of the Dragons you'd have been involved in that as well, would you? Well yeah, that was that was a bit of a whirlwind, wouldn't it? it look, like, we as players didn't really know much about it, the same as you as media didn't and Got am glad it's sorted and, and the Ospreys are staying stuck and obviously the Scots are staying stuck and they proud regions and, and they're fighting on which which is great obviously we've still got four regions in Wales and, and hopefully we can all be competitive next year And for yourself when are you going to be up and running and back in action? Rehab's going pretty well but yeah I'm out for the rest of the season now and with a big summer ahead I want to be running as soon as possible But, but fully fit in time for the, the summer camps? Don't know yet but yeah hopefully I'll be fully fit yeah, and hopefully join up if selected, and have a pretty good summer.
5: Josh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Getting on from uh, my op last week, but the the pain's gone now, so hopefully um, next week I can start rehabbing and getting some strength back into it. We were talking to John Marlborough this week, and he said that for
0: you, it was a pretty perfect injury. Missed the end of the season, fully fit in time for summer training. I wouldn't
5: say that, but uh, (laughs) it would be nice to finish the season with the Blues, and there's a lot to play for still. But at the end of the day, I am going to be fit for World Cup camps, which is a good thing, and it could have been worse than it was, really, because it's a blessing, really, that it's not too long of a recovery.
0: How did it happen?
5: Um, It was just an awkward tackle. I tackled someone, then uh, Thomas came behind and just hit me from behind, but it's one of them that was just where my arm got caught. Like, Probably nine times out of ten it wouldn't have happened, but um, it just came out when... The noise was a bit horrific, but um, I didn't know what to do with myself, so I was laying on the floor just kicking my legs in here, <laughs> but l- luckily the, the medical team got got my arms straight back in, and which is a good thing, and then I had a scan the next day MRI, and, and they, I said I had to have an op on the Thursday, so I was meant to be in Dubai, but... <laughs> that's bucked again and my miss is happy now let's
0: talk about these World Cup warm up games how important are they for everyone
5: obviously boys are going to have a, a big break without uh, game time it's, it's nice to actually brush off the cobwebs and get out there but it's about showing to put your name in that team and to put your name in that squad to actually get out to Japan and get a chance to play in a World Cup and I guess England Ireland they're obviously the two teams below you in the world rankings now it, it's, it's quite an interesting one we've got uh, It's four games and to our local teams really so just across the road but um, it'd be quite nice because they're going to have good teams and it's going to be physical and I think it's going to set us well for the World Cup really and of course they're
0: the two teams you beat at home in the Grand Slam so bring back an awful lot of memories for players and fans alike I imagine
5: yeah obviously for um, maybe them it's going to be trying to get one back hopefully you can just put the performances in and get what we need to be working on and hopefully just get ourselves right for uh, the World Cup. Obviously you had a really good, consistent
0: Six Nations, but it's never easy in the back row, is it? We're going to have Toby coming back and uh, one or two others. It's always competitive there, isn't it?
5: Yeah, well, I, I say this all the time. we got this good strength and depth and you want that from from all positions across the board and it just makes the boys around you play harder and like you know the next next time you play you could lose your positions you always got to put your best performance in so um, yeah it just shows that the strength and depth that we got in Wales now the younger boys coming through and filling that jersey
2: how special would it be to be selected for rugby world cup?
5: yeah as well it's, it's it's what you dream of as a kid um this is the, the competition you always want to play in. It's the best teams and it's the biggest prize in, uh, in World Rugby, apart from Olympics with sevens, but this is, this is the biggest prize and uh, it's something that I, I've always wanted to play in and hopefully we can, I can get out there and get my chance.
2: How proud of you of the what's happened in recent years? Obviously, I know you've been a, a stalwart for the Blues for many years, but in the last couple of years have been one of Wales' key players. Just how incredible is this?
5: It's come thick and fast, really, and... It was nice to actually in a Six Nations medal myself and I've got one locked in the house but I was, a, I was holding a pad through that. But um, it was nice to actually get out on the field and play throughout the campaign and I always say earn my medal myself kind of thing. And uh, it's nice to put that up on the uh, mantlepiece, really.
0: So good to hear that both Josh Navidi and before him Corey Hill are on the road to recovery. Now if Josh Navidi is delighted to have earned his Six Nations medal... And spare a thought for Cardiff Blue's teammate Josh Turnbull, also part of the Six Nations squad, but without getting his chance on the pitch.
6: It's tough when you you're not involved, but you know, you're there to support the team and do everything you can to help them prepare for the weekend's test matches and uh, I mentioned that Alan Wynn, after the last test. He went round to every player who was in that squad and shook his hands and just said thanks for your help and your support through the campaign and it just shows what kind of character he is and what kind of man he is but i think the welsh squad is so tight-knit at the moment everyone's busting to get into the jersey you've got to work incredibly hard to get into it and there's so much competition in it for places and it's only driving each other as well
0: got a medal you got the pictures what are you doing with those
6: (laughs) they're uh with the other two (laughs) 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 i've actually got three medals and never played a game but they're in the house knocked away
0: going forward to the world cup though being oh. part of it, I know you didn't play, but you're still part of it all the way through. You're part of the plans. You're part of the thinking. Yeah,
6: there's there's been times through my career, you know, like I had my first cap in 2011. There's been times in that career where I haven't featured for Wales for two years, and then mm. uh, out of nowhere, I've had a had a call, or I've had a hair bit of form, and I got a call, and then there's been times where you're man of the match and get dropped for the next game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the toughest one to take was post 2014 summer tour mm. uh, when I'd stood in for Tips and Warby and not being involved the following autumn was pretty tough one to take and that's when I was like Poof. and you know I'd come here I would probably a bit of a new release of life and the following season I go back in the squad again so probably since the summer the end uh, there's probably been a couple of Six Nations now uh, there was 2017 I was involved didn't play but it was involved in the squad and then there was uh, the summer tour again and obviously missed out on the autumn but you know there's Six Nations again but, it's, like I said, it's so competitive for positions. It also only takes one or two bumps, and you can get your opportunity, and you've got to take it. Warren kept talking about you, funnily enough, in terms of that balance rather for the squad going going forward to the World
0: Cup. Yours was the name that kept coming up.
6: Yeah, you know, it's probably because I'm used to that utility player here, and I don't think there's anyone else in Wales at the moment who's playing four, five, six, seven, and eight, especially on a regular basis. If I can continue to do that with the high standards that I set myself and I strive for, that you know, hopefully, I could put myself in that picture. Come World Cup selection, when they do talk about their balance and what kind of squad they're going to take.
2: Yeah, cause sometimes people talk about being versatile almost as a hindrance, don't they? But I suppose with the squad numbers as small as they are, especially potentially in the back row, there could be as few as five. It must be a, a strength for you. Is
6: it? Yeah, well, you know, just being able to cover those positions. And I'd like to think that every time I put a different number of jersey on, my game doesn't change and it doesn't affect me. I just go out and do what I do, and I try and do it to the best of my ability every time. And I kind of probably grown into that a little bit more. I was probably a little bit naive when I was younger, and probably kind of a little bit like, oh, I want to, I want to just want to play six, but. You know, I think as I've grown up a little bit, I've kind of matured and you, at the end of the day you just want to be on the field playing with your mates and have a smile on your face and I remember having a long conversation with Danny Wilson about it and he said, look, don't think of it as a as a hindrance, just think of it as like a positive, you're on the pitch, you're with your mates, you're playing, you're playing week out and, you know, the rest of it will take care of itself and it has I've been selected in a couple of squads now in the last 12 months so as long as I keep doing that, then no, fingers crossed it'll, it'll put me in a good place. when you
7: played in the 9-20 World Cup, back in 2008, and you
6: yeah. played lock-end, did it? Played lock and back row in that yeah. tournament. Well, I actually, I remember having a conversation with someone who was at the WI at the time. It was actually going to be my third junior World Cup. I'd done two as a 19s, one as a back row, one as a playing in Europe, the 19s with Brad Davis and Lewis Evans and that group, and then the following year i played my own age group at 19 and so we were out in Ireland and i played as a lock and then the following year i said look you know uh, i've spoken to Scarlets; so they see me as a, as a back rower and i want to play back row and it was a case of saying look I, I don't have to go this world cup i would rather stay in and do have a full pre-season and get myself physically ready to set myself up for senior rugby And they said, look, we'll take you as that, as a utility player, uh, you'll play as both. So, you know, I was quite fortunate that I did get to play both in that World Cup. Because, again, there was such a strong back row. There was Dan Franks there, Nick Cudd was there, Lloyd Phillips. You know, there's such a strong group, again. But the conversation I had with the coaches at the time was about them getting the best 15 players on the pitch. So, and that's what it is.
0: listening to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Of course, Scarlets and Wales hooker Ken Owens was very heavily involved on and off the pitch, both as a player and also as chairman of the Welsh Rugby Players Association. He's also hoping the Scarlets can finish strongly before head coach Wayne Pivak leaves to take up his role with Wales.
8: He is off the end of the year and uh, was a target at the start of the year, as it always is, is to be in knockout rugby, you rugby didn't manage that, which was disappointing. And our last bit is the league now, when to still fight in and getting into that top three, securing a playoff spot, and then it's uh, it's all on the day. Then obviously the the season form goes out the window, so uh, it's massive for us as a as a region, not only to give Wayne and the coaches who are leaving a, a send off, but have you been able to reflect on you know what you did with Wales, what you achieved in that two months? It was obviously a tough couple of months, obviously. On the field and training, we worked pretty hard and and got our rewards. You know there was a lot of off-field issues as well, which were you know well documented, which obviously did take a bit of a focus off the boys and put added pressure on them. And uh, you know I think how the squad responded and how we delivered, you know the Scottish performance to get the result after a tough week. And then the man I think we won the last game uh, was hugely positive. I think we had to dig deeper times so though France away sixteen 0 uh, and we've done it the hard way, three away games. But you know, to win Grand Slam and a Championship with the quality of side in that competition is a huge achievement. One of the last times
0: we saw you was as chairman of the World Rugby Players. And without obviously going into all mm. that again, has it all gone away, or is there stuff going on behind the scenes and trying to get more of a say for the players? That's sort
8: of um, we're in dialogue. with a good meeting with the union, as we do. Um, you know, uh, regular meetings, which have become more regular since. then, which have been good. You know. Can obviously discuss what's in them, but you know there is more dialogue now, which is which is good and get an opinion. We know where we are for next season now, so that does help. Hopefully, a lot of the contract has been done, so players know where they're going to be playing for next season and, and what their position is. So yeah, I think it has died down, and uh, and hopefully we can just get on with the rugby.
0: Is there an ongoing part in terms of five, ten years time? Next time this blows up, the players are more involved in any um, decision making. Needs to be put in place now,
2: doesn't it?
8: Yeah, we're working on that. I think it's you know it's only, was it three weeks or four weeks since that all happened, so it's still in the early process. But you know, hopefully um, going forward, uh, we will have more of a voice, and I'm sure that will happen.
0: Wales under-19s were in action against England, a chance for Graham Gillespie to chat afterwards to coaches Chris Horsman and first Geraint Lewis.
7: Geraint, right, uh, final score 15-31, that's not really a fair reflection
1: of the effort the boys put in, is it? No, I thought there was lots of effort and endeavour. At times probably a little bit of lack of accuracy cost us and um, we came back in at one stage and it looked evenly poisoned and you know, sloppy. Uh, kick-off wasn't great and then England sort of got a couple of scores ahead and we were always chasing the game man. it's
7: a tough lesson for the boys isn't they? they got back into the game but immediately from the kickoff, as you mentioned they switched off for a split second and England made them pay
1: didn't they yeah you can't afford to do that you know at, a- at any level in fairness to England they were pretty clinical today you know um, the opportunities they had they took and maybe we couldn't quite um, match that level of uh, accuracy in our play but um, you know all in all you, know, you can't question uh, The effort uh, And commitment The boys put in uh, And it's just a lesson In really the the quality You have to produce At this level
7: As we know uh, All games are won And lost up front uh, you guys were up against a bigger pick but your boys put in a hell of a shift today, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they worked very hard, you know all, all the players, all the squad worked hard and um, just some crucial little things uh, let us down and you know, it's always a strength of English rugby, you know, they, they always have size and power, you know, for lots of the game we didn't let that really dictate but you know, just at crucial moments probably more of a mental thing cost us
7: At half-time it was only 7-3 to them, they had a lot of the ball in the first half you must have been pretty pleased going in at half half-time with that scoreline?
1: Yeah, certainly, you know, we, we stuck in there and I thought, you know, at, at times in the first half we showed some promise what we could do, but we couldn't really get a sustained level of quality in, in our play really, you know, at times we probably lacked a little bit of variety as well and um, that'll come and um, they hopefully will have learned a lot from these series of games and, um, you know, this is what it's all about for these boys really to, you um, sort of launch themselves for under 20 selection not just maybe you know this world cup but certainly they're all eligible next year so hopefully it'll give them something um, to build on and aspire to next year
7: so uh, overall the three games two against japan and today against england are
1: you in a good place as a coach or yeah you know what you're going to ask from from players is is, is that work ethic and uh, commitment and they've shown that in in, in abundance yes you know talk about some r- rugby things as well but you know that, that's the nature of the beast in a short space of time. The most important things that I think the players will have benefited from this um, sort of intense three week period they've played against different types of rugby in different uh, situations and scenarios and uh, hopefully it'll be something they can take forward in their rugby. And you mentioned the
7: under-20s, Do you did one or two boys put their hands up for the World Cup do you think today?
1: Yeah hope, hopefully so you know um, that's for other people to sort of decide but um, you know I, I do think there's a number of boys who've uh, shown their, their abilities over the three week period. If not this year, certainly next year they become hopefully um you know important players at, at under twenty level.
7: Across so the final scoreline, that doesn't really give your boys a fair reflection of the game, does it?
3: No, I thought as a process, the whole 19s this year, but I think it's been really well worth doing. Myself and, and Garine sort of identified when we came back from South Africa last year the need to move the 18s to the January the 1st birthday. And obviously, there was a sort of gap in this cohort of players, sort of the older, under 18s in the first year 20s. So I think it's been a worthwhile program because the great thing is now. Players, uh, we've exposed more players, but more importantly, players are working between the programmes, the 20s and the 18s. So, in terms of that player development and that joined up thinking, it's certainly a good place. And, you know, on a sort of isolated basis, I think the performance today, I think it was a one score game. And again, you know, I spoke to the players at the end, and, and Gethin Jenkins made a huge point about international rugby to the players, you know. We scored the try to go 10-7 up. We switched off, with the kickoff and they scored. And, and, that, and that's about the, the learning for this group of players. So, yeah, pleased with the performance. Obviously disappointed with the result. But in terms of the overall programme this year, I'm very pleased with it.
7: Yeah, they say all games are one up front. It's always difficult when you come up with a bigger pack. But your boys certainly put a huge effort into it, didn't they?
3: Yeah, I mean, like I have to say, I you know, challenge myself. You know, this year, just in terms of obviously being the head coach of the 18s and doing their defence, but you know, taking on the whole forward responsibility this year. Normally, myself and and Garrett, uh, share it, but you know, taking on the lineouts and the, the scrum and stuff. I thought they they were excellent. I thought our lineout really caused them problems in the first half. You know, stole a few of their balls. And second half, I thought the scrum was excellent. So I thought the boys played really well in terms of that contact area. I think our forwards really fronted up. 14-10.
7: They took a penalty. Which in the first half they were actually kicking for the corners, yeah. so that showed a bit of a mark of respect for your boys at that
3: stage, didn't it? Yeah, I, I spoke to the forwards, you know, I said to them, said so, yeah, look, we're not going to stay down and defend the drives on the floor, we're going to go up and compete because that's what this is about as about players developing and you know James Fender today who ran our line out who will now transition back into the A Teams program. You know, I thought he was excellent today. So, you know, I spoke to him after the game. I, you know, I'm going to get him to sit down and go through. Even though he's back into the 18s tomorrow and Tuesday, he won't be training. But the beauty of this now means I can do some one-on-one work with him and go through his lineouts and actually sort of develop him as a lineout corner on the base of this game. So, yeah, really pleased with it.
7: So overall, two wins from three from three games. Are you happy with that?
3: Yeah, I think in terms of looking at where it fits in terms of for me than anything, it's just the opportunities for the players and how it fits in our development pathway this under-19s program, maybe a little bit of a piece of the jigsaw that's been missing, and I think today it certainly showed that, and I think boys have certainly... We've increased our depth of players who are credible selection options for the 20s. Yeah. A few of the boys certainly put their hands up today.
7: The World Cup is just around the corner for the 20s. The one or two of boys put their hands up for that, do you
3: think? I think definitely. I think some of the first-year 20 boys have certainly put their hand up. But more importantly, the older, under-18, September the first birthday boys have certainly put their hands up. Going into the 20s next year, it's difficult sometimes when you're only a one-year 20. Mm-hmm. They're actually now put down a credible marker that actually they've had some international rugby. They've played three games to put in really credible performances. So they, they already bolster our selection options and, and our known selection options next year.
7: And finally, you got the Six Nations under 18 tournament coming up. Looking forward to that?
3: Yeah, I can't wait. It's another great opportunity for the players. I've been really lucky this year with the, the coaching group I've, I've had, starting with the Combine Super Series and the East and West Camps. Actually, the amount of coaches that I've had in from the pathway that I've been able to engage, and they've been engaged in the programme and actually working with the regions then getting the messages out, how we're playing and, and getting a real joined-up development pathway. But now it's getting into the, the exciting part. We go through these three games. Where I think we had, a, you know, we had an excellent win against France. Probably not the best performance, a typical game of two halves. But certainly, you know, just in terms of what we did last week at Met, in terms of the leadership and the off-field learning, I'm really excited about the opportunities for player development in this tournament and, you know, obviously the games, and I'm sure we're going to put our best foot forward.
0: We heard some reaction from the Disability Six Nations event in Llandarcy last week, but one of the new things there was some special wheelchairs, giving new opportunities for all the children. Liz Jones found out more from a couple of
9: the key people there. Tom Rogers, I'm a senior InSport project officer with Disability Sport Wheels.
10: So Tom, you're handing over some exciting new kit to us, to explain what it's all about.
9: So it's, it's great that we've been able to, with the support of the Princess Gate Trust, be able to purchase 10 specific rugby wheelchairs so we'll be able to extend the offer that Darren within his role as the Disability Rugby Coordinator, Kira in a new role with GBWR and the Hub Officers when they're trying to engage more schools and more communities within wheelchair rugby and feed into the growing number of clubs that we have
10: just giving them a taste for what's on offer really and just how important is it that everyone can be part of this opportunity of being part of disability rugby.
9: The wheelchair has added another aspect of what the Welsh Rugby Union can offer when they live in rugby across Wales so it, it enables that any child with any impairment within a school can access one of the offers that the union has so that means we can extend rugby to the whole population of Wales and not just those without a physical impairment.
10: In terms of like overall, how have you seen a difference in you know in the last year really since the strategy was launched?
9: Yeah, so, so since the launch of the strategy, the the main difference is that with. Our uh, work with Disability Sport Wales, we were obviously aware of the work Darren was doing, but now you can see how that growth of the training the Welsh Rugby Union have utilised for the whole Hub Officer network. It's not just Darren anymore, so it's really obvious when you th- see through schools or social media content how much actual activity there are, so that the amount of disability rugby that's out there is huge compared to where we were 12 months ago.
10: That's being fed back to you from all levels.
9: Everyone would be aware of some form of inclusive rugby, whether that's wheelchair rugby, uh, mixed ability or the ICC offer across Wales. I think everyone within rugby would be aware of at least one of those or they would have seen it themselves. So the growth is definitely I know there's discussion with Cardiff Blues to uh, add an additional wheelchair rugby offer. I know that Darren's working hard to extend the ICC offer to more communities throughout Wales. So we can grow more of that, the offer for children there and as well as the mixed ability adult offer across all five regions.
4: I'm Sarah Floyd, I'm one of the specialist teachers in Ascobe Baglan in Port Albert. What impact does it have on
10: your children to be part of a day like this and to be offered opportunities like this?
4: It's fantastic. They get opportunities to have goes at activities that they wouldn't normally be included in. Um, For these pupils, they get to experience what it's like to be in a wheelchair, which they see some of their peers in. So it helps them to empathise. It helps them to have a go at different sports, build confidence, team building skills and communication, which is a, a massive aspect of what we try to teach them are they getting opportunities like this in school as well? Yeah, so we have a local rugby coordinator that comes in to work with the school and then Darren's been in as well and he's been working with them on a weekly basis and it's fantastic for them. So are you seeing a more inclusive approach
10: since the... Disability strategy has been in place over the last year do you feel like you 're more part of the game of, of rugby in Wales?
4: yeah the children have loved it. We came last year and this year it's, it seems to be even better again because last year we came and we just observed wheelchair rugby this year they 're having a go at it it 's been a really well structured day. The coach that comes to school he 's always on hand to be able to kind of ask questions and build up a rapport with the children so they really feel that they get to know him and it helps them have confidence in themselves to access different activities with the grand slam win means that they feel more part of the of the game really yeah they got to see the cups earlier which was fantastic because it helped them to kind of put into perspective what they'd seen on tv to seeing the cups and then obviously getting to have a go at different kind of skills as well then
0: so that's it for this week's principality Welsh Rugby union podcast next week until then Goodbye.